broadcasting from the Blanchestan Centre. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is Sparta! All your base are belong to us. The balls are inert. And now it begins. Okay, everybody, thanks for joining us here on Phoenix 92.5 FM and, of course, on our Twitch channel. Nerd Ducks or Nerd Snow Media over on Twitch.tv and our YouTube channel, Nerd Snow Media. My name is Daryl Connor and I'm joined by lads. Introduce yourself. Kieran Calico, I'm thrilled to be here. And sorry. And I am Kev. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we might be joined by Bryn. We don't know where Bryn is. So if he shows up and uh, stream, uh, stream, uh, Zoom bombs us, then fair enough. If not, then you know we'll see him next week. But lads, the cable has got him. That's it. Um, later on in the show, or in the stream rather, we're going to be interviewing uh, the the main guy behind the anime lockdown panel, um, the, our director of operations, should I say, of the anime lockdown panel. And that's going to be uh, at the start of the next hour. So if you guys are watching live, hang out. We're going to stream it. And if you're listening to it, we'll tack it on to the end of the show. Bryn has entered the building. So here Whoa! he is here. There we go. <laughs> Hey, Bryn. Oh, I didn't show up. Um, so this is the, the joys of live radio. Bryn, welcome to the show. You're on the air live and coming to us from San Francisco. From San Francisco. Because yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, somebody, somebody spent time and effort in Zoom backgrounds. <laughs> See, Zoom backgrounds are great, but they don't work with me because I either disappear into yeah. them completely or else it just, it just can't read them. So I need a green screen at some point. But, uh, That's too far now. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the problem with you and thirds. You know, you just you just have trouble. You just start getting consumed yeah. by the San Francisco Bay. <laughs> you know, here's the thing: when I was there. And I was actually, I'm going to go see the Golden Gate Bridge. It was really hazy, so I was standing beside it, but I couldn't see it. And I was like, this is ridiculous. It's right there. Why can't I see it? <laughs> so, yeah, I was very upset, very underwhelmed by the, the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge, namely because I couldn't see it. But uh, Bryn, could you do me a favor and, like, be somewhere else every time you start talking? Like, could you be on the moon next? <laughs> Maybe, like, there you go. Well, yeah, well, I'm in space now, so, actually, I mean... That- I don't know if you know what's going on, but uh, the folks over on Lucasfilm uploaded like a rake of their uh, their best Star Wars. Pictures. Oh, they did not, did they? And yeah, and you can do, and they're like, this is specifically oh, no. for Zoom, so they can, uh, you know, you can do your your Zoom call from uh, like phone room and stuff. Oh no, I'm in Hoth. <laughs> Watch out, everybody. Um, but yeah, uh, so welcome to the show, Bryn. Uh, oh. And that's just yeah. his normal place. <laughs> and now he's in a sunny beach, breaking quarantine. It's just so great. I love it so much. Um, so yeah, we're we, on a podcast. It, this is this yeah. is great for podcast listeners. It really is. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, they're not this is why you watch the streams, guys. If you're listening to this on a podcast, go over and watch the streams, or else Get go this to exclusive the, content. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. To be go, fair, last time, one of the last times I was on, you were showing us pictures of 
cringy wrestlers so like there's always that ingredient like this is fair this is fair this is why you should you know hop over or watch the stream or join the youtube channel because of massive like this um but yeah guys how's everybody been how's everyone surviving like what'll probably be one of the uh, second last week of quarantine or lockdown yeah yeah Bryn from naboo why don't you tell us first <laughs> yeah so like i've i mean uh i've tried to keep myself busy with as many different things as possible including getting active backgrounds for uh for zoom mm. um i could just put a thing into the uh, whatsapp group there where i set up uh, a linux terminal to uh, use spotify which is so boring but i love it so much it's so, boring. <laughs> it's so unnecessary and this is coming from me yeah <laughs> so it's, 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 lud- it's ludicrous and no one needs it but i'm I had to do it. <laughs> it does look pretty cool. It does look pretty cool, I have to say. Yeah. My, my, my favorite Linux um, discovery of recent has been uh, unmatched yet by Hannah Montana Linux. That's the. I'm, I mean, Bebian's pretty good. You know, Morianus, <laughs> really, at this time of day, at this in part the, of the country, the localized, localized entirely in your kitchen. This time you can see it. Um, Okay, so what we do have Actually, I don't know uh, Last week we talked about it Well, we made some crazy promises And one of the crazy Mm. promises That we're going to Every episode We're going to review A season of The Simpsons (laughs) All right Yeah Now Don't tell me I'm the only one That watched it No, no, I watched them Oh, I watched it But here's the thing, right Bryn, if even if you haven't watched it like recently, you've seen all these episodes. Oh yeah, yeah. I was shocked by how many of these episodes were actually like. Oh, there, there's seen. an episode. There's an episode in the first twelve seasons I haven't seen. Yeah, so. but I, I, I actually like passionately hate the first season of The Simpsons. Really? Well, in theory, I do. Yeah, but then when I when I was watching it, I'm like, actually, there's some episodes here. I like, it's just I yeah. hate the first few episodes, and then there's some that I actually really like. Yep. Yeah, it starts off like now. In saying that, this is definitely not a show that you're supposed to watch season to season sequentially. Yeah, no, like it's obvious it's a sitcom. Yeah, but yeah, no, like definitely, like the first few episodes are really, really slow until I think it was uh, Bart's Army was the first time I actually laughed. Bart, the, uh, mm. well, Bart the general is that Bart one? The, yeah, Bart the general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't, like, I, I can't remember what the joke was, but something in it. It was the first one that actually like got me. Um, was well, look, oh, the Herman gushing a dummy with a knife. <laughs> yeah, no, the all the entire like military yeah. shop owner part. <laughs> okay, we, <laughs> we, need, we need a declaration of war to make this official yeah. <laughs> from the Franco-Prussian War. It should do. <laughs> no, one thing that that really strikes me about the first episodes up until about health, uh, life on the fast lane or Homer's night out, um, mm. it gets it's very serious. Like, yeah. It's very, very serious. You know, like it, it's also very small. Like a lot of these episodes are quite um, yeah. not realistic, but they're very relatable. Like I think Mar- like, the, fir- the first episode is where they get sent as a little helper. Yeah. Right? It yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Homer tries to kill himself in one of these episodes as well. Yeah. Yeah. Homer. yeah. yeah, yeah. And, like it is not played as like any sort of a joke. He, no, yeah. he's, he's doing it. Like he's <laughs> yeah, doing he, has, it. he has wrapped a boulder yeah. around him. And he's but that's how, that's how he becomes the, he becomes obsessed with safety and becomes the safety inspector. Yeah, yeah, it's so, and he, like, it's so great. <laughs> and like, Lisa has an existential crisis, and like uh, Marge yeah. has to give her the frozen advice of like trying to hide your feelings and smiling all the time. Yeah, yeah the bleeding Guns Murphy episode mm-hmm. I remember being one of the better ones of this season. Oh yeah, man, bleeding Guns episode so great. Right, so, so let, let let's just keep it. Um, let's keep it sequentially, right? So yeah, um, <laughs> good the, idea. So the start of it is like 
the first four episodes are Simpson Roast and Open Fire, um, mm. Bart the Genius, Homer's Odyssey, There's No Disgrace Like Home, and Bart the General, right? So yeah. the first, like, and, five... and to be fair, Bart the, the Genius is kind of the first episode because the yeah, Simpsons first Roasting was a special when they were still shorts. Like, yeah. Mm. Like, I, it's, you know, I was, I was shocked by how quickly the show took off as mm. far as, like, it found its foot in very, very quick. But those first two episodes... They're okay. They're not great. And there's I mean, a lot of reused content as well from the shorts that have been redone in uh, home, in um, Bart the Genius. Homer's Odyssey is the first one that has like all new content straight away. But here's the thing as well. Homer gets kicked out by Marge like three or four times in this season alone. <laughs> and it starts off with Homer's Odyssey. And then by Bart the Genius we go a bit crazy. Guys, what do you think about the first couple of episodes? I mean, I remember when I was much younger, I loved Bart the Genius. I loved that that whole story and the idea that like he fopped his way into a genius school. And I like I mean I watched it because I, I I didn't have unfortunately like um I had a bunch of birthdays and stuff to work on this week. So I just didn't get to didn't get to the Simpsons episodes. But I watched I think I watched that episode about five months ago. Right. And it it um it's it's strange because I just didn't actually I didn't enjoy it nearly as much as I did when I was younger. Mm. I think it's just like there's like there like I, it didn't seem as joke heavy as I remember it being. If that makes sense. There's a lot of nostalgia goggles. Mm. That's like that is really like not a problem, but it's a thing that happens in this. And like you're mm. watching it and you're just like, wait, I remember this being different than it was. And yeah. well, that, that's a fair point, but like I think. Uh, is it who's Super Eye Patch Wolf doesn't break down of the context of when The Simpsons was made? And to be fair, this was made to be a reaction to just how sanitized all the sitcoms of the eighties were. Those sort of oh, it was, it family was nuclear family type thing. So you kind of have to take it with that we're trying to be edgy and sort of dark on purpose as well. You know, yeah, like it's, absolutely, it's, it's trying to build a dysfunctional family. Family, yeah. but. They haven't quite got their footings on how to make that funny. So yes. it just seems Dark awkward. And bleak. Like, mm-hmm. like and then the, on top of that, adding in the incredibly off-kilter animation at the time. See, that's yeah, the just kind of, it, it gets it just starts to be uncomfortable at points. That's the thing that really <laughs> bugs me. And that's what I hate about certain but it's weird, it's not like sequential episodes that bug me. Like at random points, the one that really kind of just gets on just gets me is Homer's Nights Out. Um and the animation in the Call of the Simpsons, where they get lost in the, they get lost in the wild, with the RV. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah the yeah. animation mm-hmm. that is, oh, it's god awful, god awful. But it's like it's it was the first kind of trial run of what they were kind of doing. Mm. But um, I when I was watching this back again, I wasn't expecting the episodes to be as enjoyable as they actually are. That's the thing. Yeah. I, I well, I mean, a... just on the animation, sorry to cut across you there, Bryn, but like mm. when I see the HD Simpsons just flicking through the TV, mm. I get really sad. I don't mm. mind if it's a bit, if the animation's a bit rough, if it felt like it was drawn by someone who cared, maybe on a budget. Like, I, I like that aspect to it. You There's know? something to the hand drawn effect of it. Yeah. You know? Like, I, yeah. Sorry, you, do you want to go ahead? No, that's kind of... <laughs> oh, See, I think with. Coming from because obviously you know that the shorts were in incredibly <laughs> scratchy style because like the whole there's the whole story of uh, Graining going in with the the hand drawing on the napkin <laughs> after him blocking <laughs> in the meeting room, um, so like the shorts were that specifically like that that weirdo like you know heavy 
character style. And I think they were kind of going for obviously a softer thing for the show, but then it was still in that kind of surrealist realm yeah. before they really kind of tightened up the, just more of the, the character design. Uh, and again, like it, it works when the jokes actually land, but when they don't, it just, it, yeah, it comes off as kind of weird and awkward. I quite um, like the surreal look. Like, I'm looking at the episodes now. In Bart the Genius, you have him trying to do sums in his head and he's like imagining people on a train mm. and then it goes to really strange places and like you've got a few sequences like that. Like, you can, actually, you can also tell how much, of a, how much of a love they had for like horror in that way as well. Yes, and probably yes. what led them to start doing the three house of horrors. There's like, a the lot se- of horror in, in this season. Like the whole sequence mm. with like... Uh, why can't Nelson? Nelson is like yeah. kind of a Goliath that cannot be. Yes, that was gonna be the next one. Yeah, yeah. Or, but, but, but not, not, not or even. the whole sequence where he looks at them in the car and they're all demons as they're coming away from the Burns picnic. <laughs> but not even that, right? But there's also um, like full-on horror stories in this with some enchanted evening being the obvious one, where yeah. they have a child uh, bandit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I oh, remember yeah. being really freaked out with that when I was younger. She's that still always... freaky, man. She's yeah. still really, really freaky. And it was like that uncomfortable thing. But even like the, you know, jumping ahead a bit to Moan and Lisa, the Carl Simpson Telltale Head and mm. the Fastlane. Telltale Head um, has those weird kind of surrealist moments too. I really like those kind of dream sequences thing where the head was mm. talking and it's play on. Well, that's a, that's a bit more Edgar Allan Poe, which leans into the Trias of Horror thing with the raven and all that you know exactly yeah 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 like it's you can see the influence is kind of swirling around while they're trying to find what the show actually is and then by the time you get to homer's night out cre- uh, crepes of grass. yeah please don't tell anyone how i live crusty <laughs> gets bus <laughs> <laughs> oh god shout oh, out man. to Frank Frankiak and the best web application available <laughs> brilliant <laughs> um, so Homer's Night Out crepes, crepes of Rats Krusty gets busted and mm. some enchanted evening so that's kind of rounded out and by the end of it with the exception of Crepes of Rats which still kind of feels like a very very early episode mm. like earlier mm. on those three episodes, uh, sorry, the last two episodes, they feel like The Simpsons. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's where I think those like your two, probably the two funniest episodes in the run. Yeah. But it's it's the one thing that like even just looking reading through the list of it, like some of these are like some of my favorite stories in The Simpsons. Like not necessarily the funniest stories, but like, I mean, Life in the Fast Lane is an awesome, awesome story where Marge almost gets tempted by the smoothest bowling player in the world. Yeah. You'd never I see do. again. Jacques. I, Jacques should come no, back. He's he only has, he has a background cameo in the one where Homer has a bowling team. Yeah, with, he does. Uh, yeah, what's he the does. name of that team? I the Homewreckers? Like, the Learning Lumpkin? <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Homewreckers. <laughs> yeah, he's on the Homewreckers. My favorite, my favorite joke in that whole thing was when she's like, like dreaming about going to his apartment. It's this yeah. Art Deco style, but with bowling apparel. Because it's <laughs> the only thing she knows about him. <laughs> <laughs> he's French and he bowls. And and there's lovely touches like the moon is a bowling ball when yeah. they're like in the car and all that. But that's what I like about the first season. They still feel like characters and they're they're kind of, they've got permission to be cruel. Like there's no disgrace like home, mm. like where they're all zapping each other in the chairs and like, you know, it's, I, oh, I'm that. looking at this from the perspective of it being sanitized later. I, 
Yeah, I was laughing in spite of some of the amazingly offbeat things Homer would never say now, you know? Yeah. I remember that May basically from Die Hard, though, as well, because that clip is in Die Hard for some reason. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah Die Hard 2, yeah. Yeah, yeah. on the plane, I'm like, that's weird, but it fits. Mm. Which clip? Like, I've never uh, seen Pirate 2. It's, it, there's like the panning shot of all of them being in the uh, being in the electric chairs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And because like it's like basically <gasps> they had to put they had to put something on the the like uh, the plot of Die Hard 2 has everyone on this uh, has a bunch of people on this airplane mm. and they're just circling overhead. Yeah. So they just go screw it. We have to do something. So they like tune into a, into a TV station to put on The Simpsons. So they're just sitting. Everyone's just sitting down watching The Simpsons at one point, yep. <laughs> and you just see that panning <laughs> shot. <laughs> I would make sense that, Die, Die Hard 2 I think was 19 it was released in 1990 anyway so, mm. so yeah sense. yeah but, but it's just uh, like I mean that's that whole sequence is like probably one of the most iconic little sequences from the first, yeah. like one of the early iconic moments where like everyone's just zapping each other and then yeah. Matt starts doing it it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's like um, again I'm still looking through the lists and things but it felt like every story in the first series was a story where the characters like underwent a thing and changed and all that kind of stuff like the only one that uh, doesn't have a major change of some kind is the one where they get lost in the forest from what I'm looking through here like yeah well there is yeah. a bit of a change there it, it brings the family together yeah I suppose you know, it's like a Maggie it's, Maggie and the bears I suppose well is it? no it's not it's not even that so it's just like oh, I left the last one I watched before we, te- we started like we yeah. live. It, it's it sets it up where Homer's trying to compete with Flanders like yes, very much yes. so and now he's broke and they lose everything like literally it all goes in a big fiery pit and but you know he's trying to prove something to Bart that he's like you know not a failure and I thought and he overcomes it. Like at one point, he screams, "I just murdered my entire family!" And it gets echoed around <laughs> the entire thing. <laughs> you know? I was just like, you know, that, all even though that's like the craziest that this show kind of goes in this season, everything yeah. is still relatively relatable, with the exception of the crepes of rat, where Bart goes to France and Homer gives nuclear secrets to a terrorist. Yeah, from Albania. Yeah, but- from Albania. But, like, I like the fact Sparrow. that, like... Um, Sparrow, yeah. Yeah. But, like, even looking at the good stories in season two, it felt like every character had a very big low point. Like, you had Bart crying in the streets and learning mm. French. You had, mm. like, Homer having to go in his little redemption arc and Homer's night out. Uh, like you said, life on the fast lane earlier, Marge kind of making her decisions, like, and Homer sort of piecing it together at home. Like, I don't know. You could argue they're not as funny, but... When I'm watching them, I can't not pay attention to them. It feels like there's real stakes. Well, it's weird. When you when you get to it later on, like I don't know, Principal and uh, Paddy going out and stuff, they're starting to get into the story of the week type thing. If you know what I mean. Mm. Well, here's a weird thing, right? Like before I watch this again, my my sister's favorite season is this. This season Mm. one. I didn't really understand why, because when I'd watched them again, I'd I'd always skip season one. You know. Yeah. When I watched Simpsons, it's season two to twelve, and then I'm kind of good. But um, it, it, now it makes sense. I'm like, these are the most human stories. Yeah, and it's it's in season two, but the first season two episode is Bart gets an F, and that oh, feels man. like a yeah. that That's feels like a, like a big holdover from series one in yeah. terms of its tone. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah, no. Like mm. I I was struck at how sympathetic Bart was in these early seasons yeah. before yeah. he becomes like a tyrant. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like he's he's definitely a troubled child in this, but like at the end of everything, at the end of every episode, he do, where he does something, 
Yeah. He always yeah. has that moment where he's like, I've done the bad and I yeah. feel awful. Yeah. Like, yeah. The that's telltale like head, the, like the telltale yeah. head, sorry for cutting across you there, oh. but the telltale head is literally that. Like, he's like, he's really messed up here. Like, this is, this mm. is serious business. Like, you know, it's, there's no coming back from this. And he knows yeah. that. And that's like the whole point of the episode. Well, I remember, like, even as far back as like, uh, as part of the general, like when, when Nelson, like, he is depressed after getting like his ass kicked by Nelson because yeah. he's, he, like he's he's being bullied. That's and like it genuinely like kind of it shows like this is terrorizing him. Mm. Well, yeah. it shows that there's like so there, even for for a kid who's shown to be a troublemaker that there are limits that he wouldn't go to, and that yeah. there are limits that like you know even with as far as he could go as being a troublemaker in the past, he would never go as far as Nelson does. Exactly, and bring and, uh, and like can you want to get in there? Oh no, I was just going to say, as in regards to Bart, I remember in uh, showing my age here, in a documentary that went out on the 10 year anniversary of The Simpsons, that mm. uh, Matt Groening said that when he did season one and season two, he was writing from the point of view of Bart. And then around season two or three, he had a kid and then he got it. And then the protagonist mm. became Homer. Yeah. That's actually a similar thing that happened with uh, South Park, where when they started writing the show, they wrote more as the boys. Mm. And then as they became parents, then they wrote more as Randy. Randy, yeah. (laughs) And that's why Randy had... Yeah, and that's when, like, Randy started getting pretty much every single good line in the show. Yeah. Yeah, well, like, it's weird, right? Because The the Simpsons, Mm. who's the main character? Would you say... Because later on, it is Homer, right? Is the main character. I, I feel think like Bart it has early seasons. Bart in the first season, certainly. You think? Yeah. I think yeah, I'd say, even, yeah. I'd say well, even season two. Because, like, you look at Lisa, and, like, she oh, is Lisa not. Gets nothing. Lisa gets she nothing. She, she gets nothing. And, she's a big well, character almost. And yeah. she's not the perfect kind of, you know, um, I'm trying to think of the right word for it, like, kind of global cause supporting. She's not academia, annoying as hell. She's like, not annoying. Yeah. She's I wouldn't like, go that far, but she's sort of, in the first season, she exists as a contrast to Bart because she's a bit more book smart, but there, there's, she's also, there, yeah. There's one part that sums up Lisa's role very well. Hmm. One, one scene, should I say. Yeah. It's in The Crepes of Wrath, right? Yeah. Where Homer right. is um, lo- like absolutely loving Emil and he's like, oh, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. so great, it's so great. And he, uh, Homer says something like, oh, the problem with this family was we know was pissed and wasn't firing on the, the truth, you know. Yeah. Then Lisa's like, your what's it? The actual quote is your paper tin, uh, your paper tin responsibility or loyalty to your children is astonishing. It's astonishing, yeah. It's astonishing. Yeah. She gets up and walks out, and I'm like, yeah, okay, that's Lisa. That's like that's brilliant. like yeah. it's in that it shows she's smarter than than the rest of them, but not a total cow. But- yeah, like, yeah, yeah. For an analog, she was basically Brian Griffin in Early Family Guy. Yeah, where correct. It's just like correct. Where she's like the like the intellectual center of the show. Where you go, yeah. well, this is like the perceptive character who understands yep. how everyone yeah. else operates. Like, yeah, because I'm I'm looking through yeah. the list now. The first proper Lisa as Lisa episode is Homer versus Lisa and the Eighth Commandment, which is mm. well into series two. Like you know, yeah. it's deep in season two. I mean, you've yeah. got the saxophone one early on, but that's still like. Kind it's of. More, that's kind of it, almost more Homer. Mm. In the summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like kind of show, yeah, in, in showing how he can kind of yeah. drop the ball as, as, as a dad. So it's less of kind of her arc. Now, she's obviously. She yeah, has yeah, her yeah. part in it. Yeah. Mm. 
Like, like, well, she's kind of like the principal character, but she's not really who's driving the plot along. So. Yeah. Her and Marge kind of share that bit role status where they're definitely supporting characters and they're involved, but mm. you know, it, it kind of sets it does set the tone for the season, uh, for the series rather as a whole. Uh, when it's a Marge story, uh, it is what it is. When it's a Lisa story, it is what it is. But I think they're both really strong. Like everyone in this comes out feeling like a family that you know. Yeah, or yeah, that yeah. hyper realistic family that you know with some mm. there are some zany bits in it now with the animation they really do take advantage of the animation doing some zany things yeah. but overall a lot of this stuff doesn't feel like it's um doesn't feel like it's it's the cartoon you know yeah. it's just kind of like yeah. medium of cartoon. well that was one of the rules in the writing room for the first six or seven years I think they said that you weren't allowed to do something that can't be done in reality and I remember that because the first time they broke that rule was Leonard Nimoy was in the monorail episode and they broke the rule to have him beam out at the end. Right. Like, you know, my work here is done. You didn't do anything, didn't I? <laughs> but see, like, uh, I, I, you know, I mean, we'll get that. I'm, I'm looking forward to, like, the golden era of The Simpsons. I think that's going to be something that, you know, we're all going to enjoy because we pull from it all the time. Yeah. Um, mm. But, it, I, again, like, uh, to wrap this, this whole thing up, would you go back to season one if you had to? Like, we we'll start with. Oh, I would, and I, I think you're underselling the humor. Like, I was, there's some gems I forgot about. Like, okay, yeah, big- but go for it, go for it. Because yeah. I said it, it's not my personal favorite one. It's not one that I have much love for. So yeah, yeah. go on. What, what, what are some? Like, of the I, I, one of the jokes that made me laugh the hardest was the first bleeding gums Murphy one, and Lisa's obviously depressed, and she's like, "I thought playing saxophone would make me happy," and he goes. The blues isn't about making people happy. It's about making other people feel worse. <laughs> like, and making some money while you're at it. Like, there's just, it almost catches you off guard when they right. get a really good line in, you know? Yeah, well, and the writing is really sharp, though. That's the thing. Like, yeah. it's, it's satirical. Like it, like, it is satirical. Like, that's the difference. It's not like a mm. straight comedy. It's, this is a satire of what we would see, you know, on shows like Family Ties. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Full House or anything like that, you know, where they have these kind of th- these nuclear families where everything's perfect. So, what is what's the opposite of that? Well, everything's terrible or everything goes wrong. Yeah. And in every single one of these episodes, something goes wrong. You know, they they really do have a bad run of it. Like it's it's pretty horrible when you think about it. Like the song, yeah. Like every single episode here, something happens to the Simpsons. And it's like, you can see what they're going for in the fourth episode, No Disgrace Like Home, when they're looking around other people's houses, looking in the windows of these perfect families. That is very, very clearly signposting what they're trying not to be, you know? To be fair, that, you know, when he's going around looking at other families, that's something that your parents would actually do. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> Look, you're terrible. Look at these. They're not terrible. Look at these you know? perfect people. <laughs> exactly. you know, we can't hear what they're saying, but we know they're perfect. Look at yeah, them. Yeah, it's like, look at them. Yeah. Exactly, you know, and it, that's very relatable. It's one of those yeah. things where you're kind of like, oh yeah, that's the kind of humor. It's not as mm. as out there on the nose, but when I was watching this, my my perception was this would be a show that would have continued for as long as it did if it had yeah. stayed like this. So you can see mm. transitioning where they do go, kind of, you see why they went there because this got old very quickly. Yeah. Well, then, like, can you know, I, I ask? Watching yeah, two more seasons sorry. of this, probably, sorry, man. No, you know, two more seasons of this, probably would have actually started just getting upsetting. Yeah. Yes. That's the thing. I, it, I, think it, I think it would have, like, skirted the line into just being a depressing show. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There's all, I think there's only so far you can just make these characters go through yeah. tragedy. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, like, it wouldn't be long before Homer's a, Homer's a complete alcoholic and Marge has left him. The kids don't speak to him anymore. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> but, like, Homer's alcoholism. You know, to 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 
put a finer point on it. It makes sense. <laughs> you know, it makes sense. It's controversial. Like, he broke a pi- Bart's piggy bank to get a beer when he was unemployed. But, you yeah. know, actually, the thing about it is, and watching that one, I'm like, topical. This is like, this is kind of scary, you know, to watch yeah. it now. It's, like, and it's he, funny how things that become exaggerated later on are actually treated as what they are early on, you know. Yeah, um, like the, that whole depiction of being unemployed and losing a job and all that mm. stuff and the, 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 the depression slump where it's day and night, you know, that doesn't really matter. You're like, yeah, you know, that's something that you can relate to. But again, like, if this was like the, the arc of the show or if this was how the show went, it would yeah. be the most, it would like Bojack Horseman. Yeah. You know, Bojack Absolutely. Horseman. That is a good point of comparison, actually, yeah. Like, I know people who can't watch Bojack Horseman because it's, it's so harrowing and I get that like it's yeah. it's not a fun show to watch now it's a good show but it's not a fun show to watch and uh, you know I would say like when we're looking at season 2 I think we'll be a, be a bit more jovial but for now it's like man yikes <laughs> I'm glad the world stopped shitting on the Simpsons well can I ask something to the panel then if uh, by all means take a minute to get the episodes out in front of you if you had to pick a best and a worst or a favourite or a least favourite whichever way you want to, which would be your favourite Bart, generally your favorite yeah. would be. Yeah, yeah. Bart. Yeah, I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm seconding that. Yeah, I think I like uh, Bart. I, I like Bart the general for favorite, but I also really enjoy Crepes of Wrath and also hate it at the same time. Yeah. So, <laughs> I think, followed very closely, actually, probably by Crusty Gets Busted. I, I really enjoyed that. Oh, yeah. Yes, Crusty Gets Busted. I, actually, so great. The animation in that though is awful as well, particularly around Crusty. Mm. Here's the thing, Smith. Here's one thing I had to say it because if we didn't say it, people are going to be like, you know. Smithers is a black guy. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Four, and four episodes later, he's a white guy. It's like yes. see, I, I remember Wait. that he. I remember that he was black. I thought that, that was for the whole season. The so fact that I, that changed so three like, episodes in. That was the thing. I was watching. I'm like, wait. I thought this happened in season two. Oh no, it's there a, was, but there it was changes straight away. There was more yeah. than one. No, there was more than one point where like skin to- where skin color was a fluid concept across like this season. And like, hair color. There's and hair a couple color. of cuts. Same. Most the same. Yeah. Most the same. Like in Bart the General. Barney's blonde as well. Barney, yeah. uh, like in Bart the General, the two like Nelson's lackeys. There's cuts where the two of them are yellow, the two of them are black, <laughs> one's black, one's like just between things. Oh, wait until you wait until you get to Dance and Homer in series two when they're at the end of the Capital City song. Uh, Marge's dress changes to Lisa's dress for like a split <laughs> second, and it's what? really beautiful. Go look it up after this when they go Capital City. Yeah, her like. She, it's full on Lisa's body just pops onto Marge's body for a sec. <laughs> there was one, actually, one very strange little point, actually. It was on, the fir- I think it was go the first it. one. I think it was the first episode where they were yeah. in the Christmas pageant. And yep. yeah. the first time you see Lisa and she's in the Polynesian she's doing thing. the fire thing? Oh, yeah. She's not wearing pants. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. I forgot about that, yeah. Actually, here's a weird, th- here's a weird thing. Right? When I was a kid, I remember having the Simpsons book, like that episode in a book. Yeah. Like it was just like a picture book and it was the whole episode. Mm. And I, if anyone else remembers that, please contact the show because that this was This is the Christmas the yeah. Christmas episode, is it? Christmas episode. It was yeah, an actual yeah. book and mm-hmm. like it must have just been out because like I was what? I was born like a year like, basically my entire life has been The Simpsons. I think I was born like yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a year before I came out. So I don't mm-hmm. remember a time when The Simpsons didn't happen. And you guys are the same because you guys are younger than me. Oh, yeah. But like we don't really remember how big it was as such, but we just remember it being on RTE too. And yeah, I I remember being because uh, I was born in 1990 when The Simpsons was just getting going. I remember yeah. being young enough that I'd watch the couch gag at the start, yeah. think in my three year old brain, "Oh, that's The Simpsons," and then turn it off. Yeah, 
Because like, what else would be in The Simpsons? Like, there's that's the fair. bit where they run into the couch and a that's Monty fair. Python footsteps on them. The end. <laughs> that's fair. And we'll find out for for ten years that that's the Monty Python foot. <laughs> you know, uh, it's weird. Like and we have a whole broader world. Is <laughs> we haven't got to the point yet where Simpsons starts doing references, and then there's stuff that either educates us or ill educates us, yeah. or puts references on movies that we haven't seen yet. That hasn't happened. I was looking out for it because I'm going to say, okay, uh, the cultural like, osmosis hasn't kind of kicked in yet. No, not yet. Actually, not yet. They, I also know noticed kind of the lack of couch gag for something that's so synonymous with the simpsons one doesn't mm. even have a couch gag Bart, uh, there were so many episodes where they just didn't have really an intro sequence yeah, yeah. but like the the couch gag was pretty much always just one of them popping off the couch yeah that yeah. was it I think there's, yeah there's yeah one, yeah it hasn't one escal- episode that has a proper gag when the couch yeah. falls apart but that's yeah. it that was it yeah but there was a um, made out of it like it, it was like even yeah. watching that i noticed that too and it was just like they stopped looked at each other and then kept going. Yeah. Yeah. And that, so, that like, was it's, weird, it's, yeah. it's just funny that something that's so synonymous with the show just didn't really kick off yeah. until like... It's just like I such a humble been... beginning for what yeah, would become yeah. like the institution. Mm. I bet you could make a really good case for tracking the progress of The Simpsons just by watching the couch gags from each new season. Mm, Who wants probably. to do that? By, by season that 25, it's like two minutes long and their HD effects <laughs> Malarkey, you know. Can you know what that sounds like Cross to me? Media. That sounds yeah. like somebody just volunteered to track the couch gags. <laughs> <laughs> if Trim falls asleep early I enough, I'll do it. Dissertation on my desk by Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I want Can a frame by frame analysis. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget to show your work. <laughs> it's funny, actually. I remember my dad saying, "There's one from like season four where like they get to the couch gag and like it was a circus popped up behind them, like the elephants yeah. and stuff." And he yeah. used to say. Oh, that's the worst one. That's not funny. And like two decades have passed. That's looking <laughs> pretty good now. Like to be fair, you know, I, and we probably will talk about that as we go on. Like as, as our tolerance go, I swear. Like I'm not going to put you through what I said through where I watched since season sixteen to twenty. They're the darkest yeah. of the dark. That that's. I think, that's I, I think I watched them. Yeah, that's a punishment to some countries. You know, so. <laughs> But everything after that's okay. But if like, I'm not mistaken, I think there was a re- not like relatively re- recent in the first mm. like in the last two years yeah. where I remember somebody pay- posting about how the two French guys from Perhaps Wrath come back. And- oh no way! Well, I mean, they bring back the guy who owns Santa's little helper back. No, like, I mean, do. they bring back Lurleen Lumpkin from season thirty. They start doing references. This is why season mm. thirty is amazing, and I hate when people bash it. They actually bring back references to old shows. They reference the old. This is why I think this is going to end soon because they're yeah. they're properly doing an Avengers Endgame thing where they're referencing old episodes. I think didn't I haven't no. seen it yet? But hasn't Disney released its first Simpsons Maggie short? I haven't seen it. Yet. They I have, yeah. They yeah, have. yeah. No, pivot it or change it somehow now. What to age them up and have a different? Show? I I think they're either going to change it so like maybe Maggie's the main character or do like one of those soft reboot type things. I considering Disney is sort of what it did with Star Wars and what it does with the properties it buys, it wouldn't surprise me if they tried something like that. To be fair, that, that's like, look, they're not going to stop making Simpsons episodes, but they're no. also the, the, the cast are like getting up there and they're also raking in millions of money mm. per episode. So it just makes sense now to kind of pivot. And look, if, if it works, it works. Like, for example, Frasier was uh, a split of chairs and Frasier's better than chairs, so... Yeah, it could work. It could work at all the time. Probably why the the crusty gets cancelled is probably my favourite for Sideshow Bob's cavalcade of whimsy. Yes, mm. yes, it's brilliant. Like I Sideshow Bob, one of the best the Iron Mask. Yeah, yeah. 
So look, we're we're getting to the five past, uh, well the five to break here. We have an interview coming up later, guys. So if you're watching on the stream, hang out for like ten minutes. We'll be back on. If you're listening to this on Phoenix ninety two point. Take the kettle on. Yeah, exactly. Go have a drink. We listen to this on Phoenix. We're going to take a break. We'll be back after the break with uh, the director of the lockdown panel. So we will talk to you in a few minutes. Bye, guys. Bye. Are you a nerd? Do you like hearing about a bizarre range of topics from the world of nerd? Does your heart and hairstyle still belong in the nostalgic 90s? Are you a sucker for spooky weirdo things? Well, whether you're a hardcore nerd or a vanilla ice ice baby, Straight Outta Canto is the podcast radio show for you! Straight Outta Canto, that's K-A-N-T-O, Ireland's number one show for nerd culture, nightmares, nostalgia, and more. Straight Outta Canto. Alright, so you're listening to the podcast, you're like, hey, I'm not in Ireland, how do I get in touch? Well, TuneIn has you covered. That's how you can check us out live when we're on the radio. Um, you go to TuneIn and download the app, or you can check out the live streams on nerdthnowmedia.com or phoenix92.5 FM. If you want to get in contact with us, it's very easy. Media everywhere. Media on Twitter. Media Instagram. Media on Twitch. Media at gmail.com if you want to reach out via email. Hope to hear from you soon. Welcome back to the uh, Nerd to Know Media podcast. My name is Keanu Calicorn, and we are joined by a special guest today or tonight, depending on where you're listening from. Uh, please introduce yourself, sir. Hi, I'm John Paul. I uh, am one of the members of the Anime Lockdown team. Yes, and uh, we are very excited to talk to him because we will be appearing uh, at the Anime Lockdown ourselves. But first, um, were you one of the founding members of the Anime Lockdown then? Yes, this uh, this was an idea that I had about three weeks to a month ago, just seeing all the conventions shutting down, seeing mm. friends that were bummed out about having conventions shutting down. And uh, it just was like a random idea I had one night. I said, hey, what if we have our own convention? <laughs> what if, you know, like, what if we just have a couple of panels? Like, we all do panels anyway. Why don't we just talk to our friends, see if they want to present and uh, see what we can put together and it got bigger faster than I expected. And so I had to enlist the help of, of some friends. Uh, <laughs> my good friend Tony is talking to vendors. And then uh, my friend Chris is handling all the scheduling. That's excellent. And uh, I must say, I completely understand where you're coming from because uh, right as all of this kind of shutdown started happening, myself and my fiance, Stevie, we had a full, uh, I'm not sure if you've seen the show Mandalorian costume thing ready to go. We had an IG-88 built and a baby Yoda costume for our baby. So it was crushing when all of that suddenly ground to a halt. So I think it's a brilliant idea that you've come up with this. And I've got to ask, what kind of submissions have you had so far? Uh, you know, I've got the schedule up right now. Um, we have a few a few panels on Pokemon. Um we have one on the history of Shonen Jump. We have one that showcases sports anime uh, with the approach that a lot of people don't like sports anime. So this is to convert them, presumably. Uh, we have a few panels that I haven't announced. We have about five, I believe, five guest panels that I'm going to announce on Friday. Uh, we have an animator showcase. We have one on the anime business. I 
forgive me if I get this wrong. Are you guys the one doing the Doki Doki Literature Club panel? That's us. That's us. Just start us at twenty paces, can you? <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's a good variety. There's there's a, hopefully we have a lot of robot fans because there's a lot of robot panels. Right. <laughs> there might be four. Or five. The Gundam base. <laughs> there yeah. is a Gundam panel. There had to be. It, it wouldn't yeah. be a con without uh, an over-representation of Gundam, anyway. Yeah. Particularly with anime. <laughs> and, uh, uh, funnily enough, before we started recording, actually, uh, we were talking about kind of foot traffic and kind of getting people interested and turning up and all that kind of stuff. But how, compared to, say, hypothetically, just inviting people to a convention in a building somewhere, what has been your approach to getting people excited to attend an online con, if you know what I mean? Mostly just not shutting up on <laughs> social media. That's really social, been the key. Yeah, you guys are very, very active on social media. Like our, um, you crossed an ocean. That's true. Lisa, <laughs> yeah. Lisa, who does the panel, uh, who does the, the Pokemon panel, and she does yeah. uh, straight out Kanto here. She's like, "Oh my god, guys, you got to apply for this." And we're like, "What's yeah, this?" Yeah. So yeah, like you, re you reached over, you know, international waters and time zones to, uh, yeah. to bring us in. So that's amazing. I have to say, you know, when it was announced, my first thought was. That's a brilliant idea. I can't believe no one came up with it first. Yeah, 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 yeah. So fair play, because it's like, as Keen said, like the reason why they had the Mandalorian stuff ready to go was because we were supposed to be doing a panel at Dublin Comic Con the day that everything kind of shut down. Yeah, literally. Uh, so I, I, I do want to make something clear. We're not the first people to do this. Uh, I don't want to take any credit for that. Uh, yeah. There was actually an anime convention uh, about a month ago called OnCon. This weekend, uh, there's going to be one called QuarantCon. We're just allowed <laughs> uh, online presence, Fair. Uh, but I, I don't want to. I don't want to uh, uh, misrepresent that. Well, That's perhaps fair. not. But you are certainly yeah, I, the yeah. only one. We've been looking actively, yeah, and yeah. you're the you're, you're the only one that's come up think, on our radar. In Ireland, so you're okay. the one that kind of hate us. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, as you said, look, you might you might not be the first guy to come up, but you're definitely the most successful. So. You know, yeah, yeah, I hope so. It is what it is. What do you hope so too? You know, we're excited to. Um, well, one, I didn't expect to get a response from you, so mm. thank you for that. <laughs> um, and you know, we're all very excited to kind of see how it works because you know the way we do the show here is over Zoom anyway. So it's kind of strange. It's not. It's not anything different for us. But you know, doing a panel to in a different way, it's it's, it's a unique experience which we didn't think we'd be yeah. doing. You know. Mm -hmm. And uh, can I ask, has there been any surprising challenges? I know you've, you've said off the air that you've got a lot of radio experience, but has there been any surprising challenge about organizing this so far then? Uh, keeping my anxiety in check right. has been a big challenge, uh, especially once we started talking to guests. Uh, there's, okay. There's a, there's a few uh, things that I'm going to announce that I never, never imagined were going to happen. And uh, it, it, took a, a while to calm down from that like okay now now this is real there's no turning yeah, back yeah. this has to happen we can't mess it up mm. um you know it's we've been talking about it for weeks now uh that's really the biggest challenge because like other than that it's it's sending emails it's pushing buttons mm. um and I, I suppose sorry to cut across you there but i'm gonna ask you a normie question sure. why why an anime convention if it could hypothetically be anything why a convention on anime? Why did that jump out at you? Uh, just that's what I've always attended. Uh, I've been an anime fan for a long time. Mm. Uh, every year I would go to this anime convention in Minnesota 
called Anime Detour, and then I moved to New York, and so now I'm going to the East Coast conventions like Anime NYC, Otakon, Anime Next. It's just what I know. Right. Yeah. Um, it's I have more of a specialty in that realm. I could have made it more open, say this is just a geek uh, event, but uh, I think it helps that I also know what a lot of these people are talking about. Yes. While I'm yeah. not an expert, I know what Gundam is. You know, I know what Pokemon <laughs> is. <Fair>. Whereas <laughs> if I said, hey, let's do a geek convention and somebody wanted to talk about some obscure book, I wouldn't know if they made that up or if yeah. it's a book. Right. Well, I think, and I think you're right to zone in on that because you could have made it broader, but like if it's anime, the waifus will turn up. And like, I think a lot of, <laughs> like at the risk of generalizing, uh, a lot of people who are into anime and the Japanese culture are quite internet savvy. So I think yeah. certainly in this household, we've been looking forward to this for ages. So like, thank you for giving us something to be excited about during these times, you know? Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to help. I, I've seen something as well from, from obviously going to cons and doing panels and stuff um, at cons, it seems like the anime-focused ones are always the more... Uh, I don't want to say better, because, you know, but <laughs> definitely definitely the more intense. Like, your audience is more kind of like, they know what's going on, they're there, they're more receptive. It's, uh, I tend to have more of a community, though. Exactly, yeah. It's a more community feel than a larger one. Like, no... And that's what, from going to them, you can see, you know, you go to some that's smaller... <laughs> there is that community base where, you know, as you said, everyone kind of knows what they're talking about and everybody kind of is there to have a good time and share stuff. It's a, it's a good atmosphere. That's why I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how it translates over the internet. I'm sure it's going to be excellent. Like. I, I'd agree with that. Uh, Cause I've, I've been to more open geek conventions and part of why I stopped going is cause I felt out of place. Yeah. It's like, well, I liked game of Thrones and I like Dr. Who, hmm. but I don't know like the, I don't even know what crowd to say there. It, it gets a lot more branched out. Whereas an anime, at an anime convention, like we all at least have, we're all on the same page. We may not like all the same shows, but we're all on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah, and, I, and I think you're right because uh, we've had panels at, uh, so far at the big comic con and then Shurikon and um, what's the other one, Kev? What that used to be Ertacon. Jaycon. Uh, oh, Jaycon. Yes. And there's such a different feeling. Like the Comic Con is fun, but it's like being at Disneyland. It's just crazy and overwhelming. But like those more specialized ones, it's you're right. Everyone's kind of on the same page, and there's a nice atmosphere, and you feel like you can just go up and talk to people, and it's not a threatening thing, which is absolutely yeah. lovely, you know. Yeah, when you exactly. focus it on just anime, everyone's kind of yeah. Everyone, as you were saying, everyone's on the same page. Plus, for the most part, anime fans they just know how to get weird. It's all, it's all out there. It's, it's all on the level. You know, you're standing in a room, and there is just a naked woman on a body pillow, ten feet, ten feet above you. Like, well, you're not don't holding anyone it. down. Anything at this point? Don't question it. It's like, oh, that's cool. I have, uh, I have her sister at home. <laughs> yeah, it definitely gets gets weird. It's gonna be a little different at at this because it's online. Yeah. But uh, mm. certainly a lot of the same people are going to be yeah, yeah, yeah. viewing but, it. But on that point there, uh, John Paul, it's um, what were some of the channels? No, I, I've, keep, I've kept up with your blog where it's the technical side of things where you had to put new RAM in your stream and PC and stuff. What have some of the challenges been about the actual physical setting of this up? Like, how's, how's, can you give us an idea how it's going to run or how you're actually streaming it or what's going on? Uh, I mean, most of it is just doing tests, test right. after test after test. Uh, so early on, I did a few Twitch tests where I just streamed video for eight hours a day to see if I even had a stable connection. 
Right. Uh, and when those were all successful, I'm like, okay, cool. I found a bit rate that I'm comfortable with. Uh, so then I stopped thinking about that for a while. And then somebody said, well, what if you streamed to Facebook and YouTube? I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, well, that's an idea. What if I do stream to Facebook and YouTube? So I've been testing that out now where I have a restreaming app called Restream where you stream to them and then they split it up across multiple platforms. Wow. And I was able to successfully run that app for 20 hours straight without any problems. Um, I did learn some interesting things. Uh, so like in the 20th hour, it just starts exploding. Oh no, no, no. (laughs) So each of these platforms has different time limits for how long you Mm. can stream, which is 48 hours. YouTube is 12 hours. Facebook is eight hours. All right. Well, that's mm. going to be a problem because our event runs for, I believe, 14 hours. Mm. Yeah. So the Twitch stream can stay on, but the Facebook and YouTube at some point are going to need to get reset. Right. Well, people need to know about that. Um, I also uh, did a um, recording test because I'm going to keep a local archive of the mm. video. I wanted to see, is my computer going to blow up if I try to record <laughs> for 20 hours straight? Yeah. Turns out it's fine. And OBS is actually really, really good at this. The second I hit stop recording, I could already watch the file, which was That's incredible. awesome. That's well, that so is, good. That's amazing. That's better than what, what just happened before we recorded. We had to wait 10 minutes. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was going to say, would you mind sending all this information on to Dara? Let's yeah, wrap that, up. that would be great. <laughs> um, but also just learning about the different types of software that people want to present with. Learning how to mm. display PowerPoint mm. And make it look attractive on a, on a stream was something that I had to learn how to do. Right. Turns out it's really easy to do. I just didn't know about the submenus and how to do it. Now I do. Right. That's um, cool. Learning how to make a programming guide. That's something I did yesterday. I've never designed a magazine before. Now I, now I can essentially say that I have. <laughs> look, it, what's it? Necessity is the mother of invention. And that's kind of yeah. like... yeah literally what's ha- what's happened here you know where this was going to have to people have to learn how to do things you know like and it's it's not just with that it's any kind anything social like even the, the program we're using here is you know has taken over the world you know in, in that sense so mm. it's it's crazy you know um but what can people expect as far as w- what are you like most excited for um over the weekend because three days so yes um i'm most excited to see how the turnout is honestly like there's a lot of really cool panels i don't want to you know say that i'm looking forward to one more than the other because i don't All think right. that's fair to the panelists uh, obviously i'm really excited for the guest panels um but i can't announce who they are quite yet mm. um but i just want to see how people receive the event i want to see how the discord goes we're trying something that is very experimental i haven't seen it done a lot we're not the first people to do it i want to make that clear but we have an online dealers room that we're setting up and that is kind of weird. Hmm. Um, it's like a trade hall? So, I mean, it's, it's, we're just calling it dealer's room because that's the word that we've all agreed upon mm-hmm. over the years. But it's, it's really a directory for people to uh, talk to these artists and talk to these dealers. Um, and that is what my friend Tony's in charge of. He's, he's speaking to, God, last I checked, it was over mm-hmm. 40, 40 uh, artists and vendors, wow. uh, independent artists and independent vendors. And uh, so people will be able to go into our Discord, talk to these people about what they're selling, and and uh, you know presumably make a transaction, assuming everybody likes what they're selling. That's well, that's a good point to bring up actually, because among our staff, if we can call it that, we have a 
balloon magician. We have a Pokemon horror expert slash musician. Like, is there still opportunities for people to submit for the dealer's hall or anything like that? Uh, you you can. Uh, we are. We're going to be closing that on Friday because it's, right. just, it's, it's getting to be too big. I don't want to overwhelm people and put like 200 things in the Discord. Yeah. Um, the way that it's, it seemed to settle down, I think that there'll probably be around 50 options for people, which is, is still a very, very large number. Um, but I, I trust Tony to make the right call on who, uh, who actually gets approved and whatnot. Okay, yeah. that's cool. Excellent. Now... Um, Sorry, you go on there, Dar. No, sorry, go, King, go for it. All right, well, I appreciate you can't tell us about the guests yet because that's going to be announced on Friday, but how was the experience of finding the guests? Did you approach them yourself or did they reach out to you because of the con? Did you, like, have you met anyone that you're especially fond of? What was that process like? It's been a little bit of both. Um, so I really only reached out to one person and it was an experiment. Right. Uh, because I didn't, I mean, we're, we're tiny. It's, it's not going to see if, if everything goes as planned and everything runs smoothly and all the panelists show up, it's not going to seem like this was a con run by three dorks. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going to seem bigger than it is. Um, I think because it just, the, the, um, the types of, of guests that we have are, it blows my mind. And, most of them reached out to me first. Wow. Um, That's awesome. Wow, that must have been incredibly humbling. It was incredibly terrifying. (laughs) 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 That's incredible. It seems like this is a very fluid situation still. and like, what's the be- like? Your social media is is on point. Like, it's fantastic. W- when are we going to be able to see um, hard timetables or anything like that? As far as um, is this going to be after you announce everything on Friday? Is that when I want to post the, the so the plan that I have right now is to post the schedule grid. Uh, I'm sure many people are familiar with that. It's, mm. it's part of the panel book. That's just a uh, Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, I'm going to post that first. Right. Um, but then on Wednesday, that is when I plan to post the actual panel guidebook, which is going to be, you know, a, a guidebook. It's like a magazine. It's going to have descriptions. It's going to have panelist contact information, mm. descriptions of the guests. Uh, it's going to list all of the dealers and how to get a hold of them. Uh, but people will know what panels uh, to expect before then. And I have one. I have a follow up on that as well. Sure. Um, as far as um, your stream, so. From my understanding of it, it's one continuous stream. It's not like when you go to a panel, you go to a con and there's like different rooms or whatever. It's just on, there's going to be one stream which will be broadcast on different streaming platforms and that's your one-stop that's shop, right? Okay. Yes, and it's because I wanted to simplify things. Yeah, it makes um, sense. The, the setup I have is, is complicated to say the least. It even confuses my fellow audio engineers. And to have more than you're preaching to the choir. I know. (laughs) I know. (laughs) To have more than one would be cost prohibitive, and I don't know who would be able to run it. Also, preaching to the choir. Uh, (laughs) It is what it is, you know. But that's that's cool, you know. It it makes it better for you know for ease of thing. But I was just kind of wondering. I'm like, how how similar to to cons actually is it? As far in that way, where there stuff is all over the place. So to have it in one. Mm -hmm. As much as it can be. So the the plan is to have a half hour after every panel of a break. And that's one for my own sanity. 
but also so people have time to uh, look at the the dealers, to mm. chat with each other, to share their cosplay on our Discord, Very or cool. you know to use the bathroom or make a sandwich. Mm. Um, I it it would just it would be impossible to do back to back to back to back. Yeah. Um, oh, we completely understand that. We had to take a break in this very episode to go boil the kettle. Like, so we, we are very much <laughs> tea breaks, you know. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, what, so uh, for our listeners who maybe aren't uh, aren't aren't familiar with it, or aren't sold, when are things kicking off? And there's no cost. This is 100 percent free, right? 100 percent free. Um, I'm not accepting any tips or donations. Well, I don't want your money. Well, period. Um, if 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 anybody does ask for money, it's going to be a dealer for what they're selling. That's it's amazing. on itself. Fair play. No Fair money. That's so great. That's awesome, um, dude. Really. Well, even if I wanted to charge people, which is just kind of a personal thing that I'm against, mm. how would I enforce that? It's a Twitch stream. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, fair point. You know, <laughs> fair yeah. point. Um, fair point. But I also, it's I just I don't think it's fair for me to profit off of everybody else's hard work. <laughs> Um, I think it's it's a little different when it's a live event because they have to pay for venue costs, they're yeah. paying guest appearance fees, all that kind of stuff. Mm. There has um, to be like a return on investment that's gone yeah, into. Yeah, well, it, so. they have to be able to pay for the venue. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that, at least that you know. So, but still, I mean, like you, like irrespective of that, you have put an incredible amount of work into this, and I think that should be recognized. Like, I'm, you know, I'm fine being mostly nameless that's that's why mm. i made it a separate account and didn't make it a part of my usual mm. projects mm. because right. while this is really fun for me and i'm uh, you know ostensibly achieving a lot of goals that i had a long time ago when i started blogging and doing podcasting i wanted to make it about the community i wanted to make it about the panelists i didn't want to make this about hey and by the way check out my soundcloud <laughs> so I just I, ring that bell. I thought that that would be tacky. Um, yeah. <laughs> of course, panelists can promote, you know, their yeah, own yeah, blogs, yeah. etc. I can't prohibit people from doing that, but I'm not promoting any of my own personal projects mm. during this. Well, there you go, guys. If you're listening, you know, there's no excuse. Go over. <laughs> it's, it's free. You have nothing else to do during lockdown. Yeah. Come on. It's uh, May, <laughs> May May one through three. Um, and what time's it kicking off at? It's going to start, uh, I have to figure out exactly when I want opening ceremonies to start, but right. the first panel is at 11 Eastern time a.m. 11 a.m. Mm. Eastern. I'll probably, so I'm going to end up turning the stream on a little early just to give people time to show up, mm. and then I'll probably pop on about a half hour mm. before all of the programming starts just to, well, I mean, I've got, I've got a lot of bullet points that I need to hit on. Um, sure. I also have a cool surprise for people uh, that show up early. So. Oh, that's tempting. And, tell us, <laughs> and uh, on that note, actually, where until this Twitch comes out uh, on the first, yeah. where is the best place people can follow updates about the anime lockdown? Are you on Twitter, Facebook, all that kind of stuff? Yep, I'm on Twitter and Facebook. I mean, you can add the Twitch now if you want. I'm just not streaming anything. Okay. Uh, it's, it's anime lockdown on Twitch. I believe it's just slash anime lockdown. Mm. It should be the same on Facebook, just slash anime lockdown. The Twitter is the only weird one uh, because anime lockdown was uh, already taken by somebody. Uh, so it's Anna Lockdown Con. Um, okay. So. I'm the most active on Twitter. Yeah, their Twitter is very active. We'll leave links to everything in the description box of this video and obviously um, in the description of the episode as well. So Jean-Paul, I want to thank you so much for coming on for your time. We're yeah. really looking forward to it. Um, it's it's going to be something that we never thought we'd do. 
um, <laughs> this summer. So yeah. thank you very much again for having us part of it. And we appreciate yeah. you joining the show today. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Thank you for joining us live. Go over to Nerd to Know Media right now, nerdtoknowmedia.com, and get the rest of the show. Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff. Check it out now. We'll see you next week here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.